five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, your premier podcast for the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually as always by Omni at Omni Stray and Jordan at Sir Dr. JM. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello, hello. Are you guys excited for Overwatch League to start this weekend? I'm, I'm stoked. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, was busy this past weekend, so I'm so glad it's it's next weekend, right? Yeah, I'm yeah, just- yeah. I just blocked out some of the results. That's all. In my mind, a few teams played, and maybe one of them didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, based on Saturday, there may have been no teams that had, but then on Sunday, one team had. And, you know, we yeah. get into obviously all of that. But uh, uh, how many people do you think uh, had their uh, their perfect bracket broken in the uh, early going of the uh, Pickums? How many have, have had their broken? I'd say 99.9. The better question yeah. is whose wasn't? Uh, someone who just blind picked, you know, random. Yeah. Let Fair monkeys enough. fill it out. Right. They they held the logos up to a couple of goldfish in a tank. And yeah. Whichever one they went towards. Nori, like uh, Zoe's cat, probably yeah. has a perfect bracket. <laughs> and not only that... We'll probably learn is the reason why ball got locked out was Nori broke ball. <laughs> but um, no, we're going to get into obviously the results of this past weekend of Overwatch League action. Things got underway for the 2022 season. Uh, lots happened. Uh, it was both an exciting weekend, an intriguing weekend, and weekend full of education and a weekend full of exasperation, depending on your various perspectives. And then uh, it'll be followed up by a, another weekend of action, albeit not as many matches as the week before, and still nothing in uh, the yeah. eastern region, yeah. and, what and we would call APAC. Let's hope for less pixelation, mm-hmm. it's a smoother image. Oh, that, that wasn't just me? No, not really, no. <laughs> no. Anyhow, it's going to be a long episode. Let's start pushing this payload. Yep. Moving the payload! Join me. So kicking things off the payload, let me go through the four matches that we were interested in and we'll come back and revisit each one. So Vancouver got the season underway for the two Canadian teams by losing to the Boston Uprising 3-2, the exact opposite as to what we suggested might happen. The Washington Justice then beat the Toronto Defiant 3-1, again, the opposite as to what we might suggest would happen. The London Spitfire 3-0 Vancouver, the opposite of what we said would happen. And Toronto beat Houston 3-2, the opposite of what we said happened. Well, you know, the point is that maybe we aren't the prognosticators we thought we were. I'm still convinced I am, even though I was very wrong most of the time. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we'll get into each match, but I feel that, well, save for one of those four, it was sort of, okay, I, I see potential could have gone either way. Um, it was not going either way in, in yeah. that one. And I don't think it's any surprises to which one that was. Yeah. But uh, before we get there, let's talk a little bit about the first match, the Boston Uprising taking on the Vancouver Titans. Now, this was a back and forth affair. Mm-hmm. And what I found very interesting going into it is the number of people who were more so down on the Titans and up on the uprising 
mm-hmm. um, or down on both teams and still presuming that Boston's was going to win. And I think that the Vancouver Titans simply with this one match only, and if that was the only match for the weekend opened quite a few eyes. Yeah. I'd say even uh, going into this week, the perception of Vancouver was even a bit better than it is after this weekend was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like we saw two teams. This yeah. team that played the first game looked much more, uh, much better. And and this game, we'll, we'll get into the nitty and gritty, could have gone either way. Well, well, let's let's get there. Yeah, so let's start. Match gets underway on Ilios, and I think what was most surprising is that we were seeing uh, Aspire and uh, and Psycho as opposed right. to uh, the introduction of, of Shockwave. No, that no Shockwave, no Aztec, right? And yeah, no Aztec being the the, the other. But I, right. I think if I were to look at sort of the support line, though, I mean Scaripa and Mesa, probably Scaripa would come out for for Aztec if we were to sort of make that decision. But there might be an understanding. It's the fact that we saw no Shockwave that I think was was more eye-opening mm-hmm. but the vancouver titans um you know on on round one you know came out i wouldn't necessarily say brawling but coordinated aggressive and they were rewarded quite early uh with that and if there's a theme for me over the course of the weekend when it comes to the vancouver titans is that if they were coordinated and aggressive they saw success mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah, a, a lot of it comes from, and I think it applies to many of, of the games that we saw on Overwatch 2. <laughs> it's just so chaotic right now. Many of the fights are so back and forth. I, it, it even makes it hard to really follow what's going on because so many one, one-on-ones are happening more than ever before, I'd say. <laughs> and whenever like Vancouver had, I'd say, good coordination, especially from from you know, false or Masa, it seemed like they can go toe-to-toe. Like, mechanically, at least if if you don't really know the names of the players, it didn't really seem weird after, like, a minute or two watching, uh, uh, let's say, uh, Psycho. Like, oh, yeah, this guy's pretty good. He he <laughs> knows how to play the game. It's actually not that weird that we, we're not seeing maybe Shockwave uh, and Aspire just play every, every match. And it goes back to the conversation that we had uh, before with Justin about like, um, oh, they didn't know we had like a flex DPS. And, and and now that we do, it seems like a fine decision to do. And and I'd say at the start, especially Ilios, Boston seemed like they had more time maybe uh, with the particular players that were playing mm-hmm. the maps. And, and despite like Lighthouse almost going our way, Boston looked a little bit better. I thought, like, maybe we don't really have a chance to to beat this team. Uh, yeah, but then then I think uh, Midtown was the second. Uh, um, well, actually, I wanted to point out before we get to Midtown. Yeah, go ahead. With, with Ilios, the thing that we essentially raised an issue with all of last season, the Vancouver Titans had a game plan. They stuck to it, and their ability to adapt in-game was literally non-existent, or at least that's what it appeared to us. Yeah. What happens when the Boston uprising see the comp that the Vancouver Titans rolled out on ruins with. Well, they retreat and they adjust and punk now comes back out on, on the doom fist. And I feel that, you know what the Boston uprising did in that level of adjustment 
the moment they saw what the Vancouver Titans were now throwing at them is something that the Titans drastically need to learn from. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're, we'll get into the, the Toronto defiant in some respect, um, in, in one of their matches, but the inability to adjust is, is just frustrating. And I'm not suggesting that you have a path forward to victory, but to simply accept that, well, you have to do what you're going to do and you're just going to throw yourself yeah. at the wall. I, you're absolutely right. Especially when you still don't have really a meta, despite, you know, some heroes being more prevalent. It's mm-hmm. all about adjustments and all about like, you know, trying lots of stuff until something sticks and works. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, getting on to oh, I was gonna say getting on to Midtown, but Jordan, go right ahead. <laughs> okay, no, we can we can move on to Midtown if you want. Um, yeah, let's let's move on to Midtown. Midtown, we see Shockwave uh, in, mm-hmm. and uh, Cycle. Cycle played uh, the May a little bit at the start, and and we didn't see a lot of May, uh, especially like in those early days. Uh, but it did work pretty well. Maybe positioning wasn't great for Cycle, but he get he got some picks. Uh, this fight, we started on, on defense and I think that despite the games, like kind of going, uh, uh, back and forth, Masa really came to play on this map. It was mm-hmm. really clutch. Some of those moments where I thought that we, we lost the fight, mm-hmm. he just clutched it out with his, you know, superior Lucio mechanics, if you can call it at that. It was just a really exciting to see that you can still make plays right on on the main support uh mm-hmm. position and that's what i felt he did um during during the defense yeah. and i was gonna say like with defense though the vancouver titans did the whole bend but don't break strategy yeah whereas on offense they went with the whole let's go throw it all at the wall strategy oh it's just out muscled i think yeah but that like it, it it's it it sort of speaks to I'm not going to say that they were, well, I'm going to say it defense. They were <laughs> passive. Maybe that was what was going to be the success for them was being sure. passive, but they left passivity and spawn on attack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's an interesting map really. And I feel like I'm going to go into that more deeper in uh, for, for the Toronto match that we saw, but there's something weird about, uh, especially the first point uh in midtown when you when you get that uh fire fire engine going right you have this big gate and once that gate closes mm-hmm. if you don't if you haven't had a <laughs> if you haven't set a foothold there defense just has crazy chokes and control of of the high ground so it's a really really hard point to come across if you don't carry over that momentum from you know getting uh the fire engine going so it's it's a brutal spot and we'll get back there again well, to talk about that choke specifically, I mean, there are, you, if you have high ground as, as D, you've, you've completely set up and that fire engine comes through the door and it closes. I honestly don't know how you can. Oh, it's horrible. Find I, your way in. Like you have two, two doors and even, yes, one doorway gets you upstairs slightly, but you're in the open to get there. It's hilarious because even myself as a, like a lowly. You know, gold plat. I, I like when I play the the beta. I got stuck on that choke so many times, and like mm. I, we didn't know what to do. And it seemed like from the first, uh, you know, fights, we had an advantage, and we look better as as a team. If you don't push through that, the chokes are, 
you know, maybe they'll adjust it. It's one of the most brutal chokes in Overwatch in general, not just yeah. Overwatch 2. Well, it's it's Paris-esque. Uh, yeah, probably. I think you're really, like, Boston, Vancouver is one thing, but things like that become extremely apparent when you watch these other games with, uh, um, you know, I'm thinking uh, San Francisco against Paris and things like that. Um, when you see one of these teams that seems to be a lot more dominant over another, um, I think that becomes very apparent that they're, I hesitate to say they might need to make some adjustments on some of the maps because I don't think they want to do that. (laughs) I don't think they want another Paris or another horizon lunar colony. Um, but it really seems like there's some moments where one team is facing an impossible battle kind of thing yeah. well that's why and i mean sometimes that's they why there's through. a beta right i guess yeah, totally in a way uh what happened though in this game uh <laughs> on attack like they tried to solidify but vancouver started investing more heavily into the last phase in terms of ults and i feel like it paid off the risk and they just rolled through that last push especially mm-hmm. when they went into that subway station or whatever that is yeah i don't know yeah it, it looked good Mm -hmm. the um fact remains though you know we saw false playing aggressively uh shockwave coming Mm -hmm. in clicking heads um vancouver titans look dominant so going into the next map circuit royale you totally make changes at this point right (laughs) yeah (laughs) you bring in aztec you 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 get um you also get back in there yeah Yeah. spire coming back in um and the vancouver titans got outright spawn camped on attack Mm. for what had to have been a minute Mm -hmm. of clock time Um, on defense. They, they did not have an answer. And like, again, what we were seeing from, from the Boston uprising, um, I mean, outright intimidated the Vancouver Titans on on attack. Back to the, choice to take out shockwave is really weird to me because this by far seems like the most widow map mm-hmm. yeah. right now and he's like the best at widow maybe you can maybe talk about aspire being the better tracer or like other hit scans but the widow is like that's his bread and butter so it's maybe maybe just have, the plan was different the game plan was different from what really we'll transpired spire on legs right and we actually yeah. saw um, on, I think it was on Saturday as well as Sunday, we saw teams counter mm-hmm. the, the widow play and the, and some of the doom play with yeah. tracer coming in. Like, yeah. you know, you and you'd have that presence. echo, even though that didn't mm-hmm. exist in this particular match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What? It's interesting. Like the, <laughs> the, the meta really evolves, uh, in front of our eyes. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. What do you guys think was behind the decision with aspire and shockwave? Because I think. It would be safe to say most fans of Vancouver were excited to see Aspire and Shockwave together play together. Yeah. And we didn't get that, you know? I'm, I'm going to suggest it came down to scrims. The coaches yeah. saw, you know, a like, I have absolutely no basis to say what I'm about to say, but I feel <laughs> that the coaches themselves mm-hmm. have a preference of what they want. Mm-hmm. Like they formulate an idea and we've, 
we've actually, you know, heard this from Justin. We've seen this from this team. When they first entered the league, we have the meta in spades. True. Yeah. It shifts. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like it, it, I don't know how to describe it outside of they have, it's like they're, they got blinders on it and they see it the way they see it. So do you think it's, it's uh, hero pool based? Because I would be inclined to say maybe it was map based, but then like you say, this is a very widow centric map that we did not see uh, shockwave on. You know, two seasons ago when shockwave first showed, was it, I'm trying to think what map it was, but it was, uh, I think it was on Junkertown with shockwave. You had like a Dalton, is it Dalton on Hanzo and shockwave on widow or mm-hmm, something like mm-hmm. that. And, and they're just clicking heads at, at will. Like it yeah, was, yeah. it was almost bullying. And I feel that you have this opportunity and this is not a knock in psycho. I actually thought psycho quoted himself. Yeah, quite well I, I agree. Nothing, weekend. nothing against psycho either. It's just, I, the point is, I think most people expected to see aspire right. and shockwave and I'm scratching my head to think why we didn't really, mm-hmm. you know, I think, think there are two parts to it like in aspire and shockwave despite them having like maybe different marquee heroes there's a lot of overlap in terms of heroes they're they're like your mostly hit scan tracking heroes as the projectile Mm -hmm. they don't really play projectile as much Mm -hmm. so if you would look at the maps we only got through this entire weekend only a single map where aspire and shockwave played so it's funny when the two premier uh, PPS that we've had were switching out and, and Psycho, the not necessarily worse, but maybe the less recognizable name mm-hmm. was in most of the maps. And, and I think it just like reflected with what Vancouver played. And, and most of the other teams uh, have opted out to play before we saw that, you know, soldier mm-hmm. tracer thing where you had to have like the, the Genji. Um, yeah. So that's something they don't necessarily play. And it reminded me a lot of the time that we had Teru, uh, you know, playing the Genji or something like that. And before that, like you mentioned. Wait, uh, uh, Teru Genji OP, okay? Yeah, that's true. 1v4, you just press Q. And <laughs> and, and uh, when, when Dalton and Shockwave were a thing, it's it's very similar to what, like, Aspire is is basically Dalton, right? In terms of right. hero pool, at least. Maybe he's, maybe he's better. Yeah. Yeah, sure. He looked uh, great, but but the heroes that he plays are are pretty much the same. So mm-hmm. it might be complementary in other metas, but now it might not be. The only thing I'm confused about is when they decide, like, okay, now it's Aspire's turn. Now it's uh, Shockwave's yeah. turn, and, and well, it looked like Aspire definitely got more playtime than Shockwave. Uh, he and did. I just, in, against Boston. Is, it was three two. Yeah, like they swapped every map. Yeah, and did. and and every time he played, even though it's like you know, it's it's unfair uh, to just claim. Oh well, if if, if Aspire is in, then we lose. If yeah. Shockwave is in, we we win. But there sh- should be maybe a bit more of a lean towards Shockwave. I'd say he's the more like from like history at least like the more uh, pop off kind of guy. Maybe it didn't fit in scrims but i don't know we we can definitely go back to that and and that's one major point of criticism i'm sure for all of us uh for the second map that uh, match that vancouver played uh later Uh, one thing that i like though in this uh map is is false's uh sigma looked really good (laughs) but that's pretty much the only uh uh positive i could find from from this uh um 
particular map. Boston uh-huh. really out aggroed us, looked way more, uh, um, you know, um, aware of what's been going on. Maybe it's partly uh, to that vertical portion in, in, in this map where you got to push that payload uphill and we we had to start an attack and they just like held like us spawn camp. so well there. Yeah, yeah. and spawn yeah, camp. I mean, this map every also feels inch. very short because no one seems to go beyond that second point and barely <laughs> barely use uh, did we see even a team going oh once right i think the first first match where uh nyxl played gladiators other than that match i, I don't think yeah. i saw the insides of that monte carlo uh hotel or casino whatever you uh yeah. want to label it as so no i i can't say i recall seeing the inside of it outside <laughs> of, i've played the beta myself yeah um, so. you know so the vancouver titans fall on circuit royale yeah. they need to now win it to keep it going on coliseo and what do we see well we see the the shockwave swap in the and Sky of course shockwave in. we win right <laughs> well now the thing about shockwave coming in i feel that yes shockwave shockwave did well yeah but i think aspire in his place they do well like the vancouver titans looked really um really sort of well put together for this style of map. It's, mm-hmm. it's something we've seen um, from this particular sort of roster um, where I feel when they have a point, like a singular space that they need to operate around they're they're actually quite good where they start to get into trouble is when they have to advance. Yeah. And yeah, I feel I that this that. mode is almost built towards that. And you might be saying, well, Chris, how this, they still have to advance. You know, the robot doesn't move himself. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> true, but the Vancouver Titans sort of, they would swarm, right? And functionally, yes, they continued to give up the fight, but then they'd recover because, again, they can swarm the point to take that robot back and start walking them, mm-hmm. you know, again. So I feel that this this allows for them to find that synergy. I say that, and on Sunday it didn't work out so well, but. You know, I, I felt that the Vancouver Titans had an answer, and and we saw, um, you know, false on back on the, on the Winston here, and it seems like a character well suited to him. Yeah, it looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, they had also the good initial push, and and it seems like with a lot of other matches, when whenever you get that that initial push on the robot, this map you know, push maps being so back and forth, it gives you kind of like that inherent advantage. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why like Vancouver eventually won it out. But, you know, still, they had a, a, a good reaction to whatever Boston were playing. They were trying like the Zarya. Yeah. Um, Psycho played really well on this map. The 4K on the blade was really nice. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah. Um, actually, I just want to ask, if you have a Nano... Do you throw it on the Genji or do you throw it on the legs? On the monkey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the reason I ask is we saw so many nano blades mm-hmm. get absolutely no joy. The nano blade is essentially uh, an old cowboy zoning alt. Yeah, since everyone is so spread out, it's hard to find those crazy, you know, bundled up teams and just slash through everything. Um, I almost feel like that's why you give it to the, the blade, right? Because... I mean, just a zone? Tac, tac, well, no, because tack visor inherently has doesn't even range, need that help. Doesn't right? need the yeah. yeah whereas sure, whereas the blade benefits more from the boost almost. 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I thought I saw more, um, benefit from a nanode Genji to build the blade as opposed to the yeah. old way. Yeah. Of yeah. 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 Nano that's, blade. Fair. that's fair. And, and right. like, like as, as long as you get like one pick, sometimes that's enough in five V five. Right. Yeah. True. We and I mean, that that's where we would see, we'd see the one pick and it's like scatter and then Genji just jumping around while he's glowing in the dark. Well, it was interesting though, too, because you, you're right in a lot of ways where at the end of, uh, or towards the end of last season, we kind of started to see um, the Hanzo dragons be used more to create space than anything yeah it did seem like there the blade was being used in a number of different instances not just in this match to do that right just to almost scare people off um and and you know give the rest of your team a chance to maybe come around mm-hmm. a side or follow you in kind of thing which is interesting right yeah we also saw plenty of uh boostios this weekend i'm not sure if mm-hmm. it was intentional mm-hmm. but it was kind of cool hey Bustios are well. They're playing on the old patch where Lucio is immortal, and now you <laughs> boost him, so he's dishing cool. out the the uber damage. Can't so. wait until the nano Zen, uh, Zen foot. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, so Vancouver Titans they tie it up in Coliseo. It takes us into Oasis. This match could go either way. Oh, and I was getting let me sweaty. tell you, yep. it was going either way. Yeah, I. Even the reaction of the players when this match ended, I could have swore Vancouver won. It was like th- there was an instant when they called it and it was like, oh, they did it. And then it was like, no, no. Well, so, I mean, can we fast forward to that point? <laughs> the no, we just did. Well, okay. No, I mean, like to me, the this map, Ugh. this was the Titans map to win. Mm-hmm. This is, this is. This is where they almost learned the lessons that yeah. they had, you know, failed to learn in the the first uh, control. Mm-hmm. Now they haven't necessarily adapted, as as we sort of saw, but they've they figured out how to take it to the the yeah. uprising. And going into that final fight, not only do they have alt percentage, I think Boston might have had. They might have had a beat. No, they dropped the beat when yeah. the the blade came out. But the Vancouver Titans have actually pushed through the point mm-hmm. and are carrying the fight through to the uprising. But this lack of coordination or potential lack of synergy or just a whole lot of call of Overwatch. I, mm-hmm. I think it, looking at that final moment where, like you say, Omni, they, they C9'd it. It looked to me like they were just so concentrated on pushing them back. They were they were like, we need to get them off the point. We need to get them out of the way so that they don't come back. And yeah. unfortunately, they pushed too hard. Well, yeah. that's the worst thing about it is like Masa could have been yeah. standing oh, yeah. on the totally. edge of the point exactly. and still supported yeah. the fight. I have it in my notes. We were at, I looked at the counter at the top. We had the 99% mm-hmm. and Masa had his sound barrier. And instead of uh, just letting, you know, the, the, the map do its course, mm-hmm. he used it maybe, I don't know, like obviously hindsight is, is twenty twenty, but he used it to engage and like yeah. uh, bring the fight to Boston. I guess that's what, what, what has worked for them, but it, it didn't yield the results they wanted and, mm-hmm. and they didn't have it as a defensive uh, tool anymore. And, and uh, Boston just got their you know, uh, alts and, and got the final push and we didn't have that, um, sound barrier anymore and we lost our hold and unfortunately no one on the point and that's what happened. Well, and, 
And that, like, that's sort of where I was going with like Masa's at that point, where, where should he be? I mean, one of the support needed to be in the doorway. The Vancouver Titans had the Boston uprising on their back heel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is a communication issue. It's something that can be fixed. Um, but like I was in the, I was, you know, chatting it up with the weekly uprising crew and uh-huh. yeah, me too. You know, they, when they saw the flash thought the uprising lost. That's, that's what I mean. It looked right? very much like it was over for Boston. And, and it was you know, gone. and it, the, the worst part about this all is that it's not like the Vancouver Titans had actually gone through to a point to even engage overtime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They literally pushed on through. I think it was, they were out, out of the point at the five second to spare mark. Yeah. 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 And, and they used beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, it, it, it's frustrating. I was so convinced that Vancouver had this match in the bag before it even started that I joined the weekly uprising discord <laughs> just to show vote. Well, okay. And I had to let them know, like, hey, lost. this guy's a host. Oh, well, <laughs> they, they they started on Gardens, right? And that's when you like kind of tried to set the tone. They won the first map, and I'm like, okay, they can't lose two in a row, right? Especially yeah. when we saw well, we saw Aspire on the tracer actually beating uh what's his name? Striker on the tracer. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. okay, this this is definitely we we have them boomed, we have them right where we want them, and then yeah. So did, I think it's safe to say that in most people's power rankings, and obviously I know power rankings mean nothing. Um, I think most people had Boston higher than Vancouver. Yeah. And some people had Boston decently ranked. I'd say middle of the pack at least. Yeah. Do we think Boston played down to Vancouver or Vancouver played up to Boston? Great question. I would say Vancouver played up to Boston. I don't feel Van. I think Boston played as they're sort of expected to be. That's how I felt nope. as well. But then we have the second match that Vancouver took part in, and we don't. Well, know there was, a, about that there was second, a second but. match. <laughs> but this this proves the Vancouver played up to Boston. <laughs> yeah, I guess it sure does, doesn't it? Uh, it felt yeah, like no. they were drunk or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. University the the university map was a tough one to watch. Yeah. But I think you're right on me. I did not see Vancouver losing. Um, they started on, uh, on, yeah. on City Center. They started yeah. University weird too. They they played like the Hanzo or like the, yeah. We'll see. Oh well. Anyhow, Vancouver Titans fall three uh, <sighs> two. But like looking at this, even though the Titans lost the way they lost, people are like, "Whoa, hey, this Titans mm-hmm. roster has uh, something to prove." For sure. Um, people are sleeping on them. And, you know, I was trying to explain to people, I think, you know, Justin, Justin might've been onto something. Mm-hmm, he was right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, before we get into their second match, let's talk a little bit about the Toronto defiant who uh, kicked off their overwatch league season, taking on the Washington justice. Now the first map, uh, which happened to be on Ilios was where we got to see the Toronto defiant playing with a level of swagger uh, that I don't think we've ever seen the defiant uh, perform with. And maybe it helps when you have someone like Twilight who on Lighthouse is like, oh, hey, Diva. Oh, hey, you dropped your bomb. Let me step out of that. By the way, I'm going to sleep you and kill you. <laughs> that you that was remake. cute. Yeah, that was. <laughs> cute is a right? great like, word for it. <laughs> but that one play alone was the epitome of how the Toronto Defiant performed on Ilios. Yeah. They were playing like foot on the pedal, giving yeah. her gas. The 3K from Finale on, on the Blade, that was pretty sweet as well in Ruins. It, it felt yeah. like it set the, it, it should have set the tone for the match. 
Well, and arguably it did until Midtown. Well, yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> I mean, the next we map. think <laughs> that notorious right? Midtown again. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the worst part about Midtown, I felt, and this sort of where, where the Toronto defiant on, on defense, we're holding the justice at the door. And for some reason or another, I don't know how much line left was on the clock. They made the decision to, to almost reset and pull back. Yeah. And con- they conceded the door. They, they occupied. The, this is the exactly the point that I brought before about this door. I have it in my notes here. This door is brutal. If you don't clear it and mm-hmm. you choose to like go back, you just have such a disadvantage at that point. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. It's noticeable. And, and I guess they, they looked at the time bank and how much they were able to, to hold, you know, they didn't, uh, um, not Boston, but uh, Washington, Washington never made it to the second to the second checkpoint that mm-hmm. you know goes into that uh, uh, indoors phase. So they thought, yeah, we're we're good. It's winnable. Well, and it, I mean that's the thing. Like if you think about that defense, they concede the door, and that gave the justice room to play with. It, essentially, football, it yeah. was it was it got. I believe they got the payload underneath. Yeah, if, if memory serves me correct, but. The Toronto Defiant essentially conceded door to corner. And then you have those two tiny that. entrances mm-hmm. and, and you can't do anything. They're up there on that platform that you can climb on. And and Mag was feasting and, and Opener oh, God, was looking crazy. Well, I mean, it didn't help that Finale was feeding. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you can say right? that. Like, you know, the Toronto like the Toronto Defiant, to your point with Time Bank, they took the truck and then the station just quick yeah it's like one pick yeah uh 5v4 okay we're gonna clean up <laughs> boom you know we have 20 minutes now it reminds me of those maps where people in overwatch one you, you know grab a volskaya one and they have like five and a half minutes to go how many times did we talk about this and <laughs> yeah. then they're like oh we're good we're, we're we can chill now and that's what it felt, felt like although again although that's uh, not fair to say there is that choke that is really hard to push through so well, no, and and that was where Toronto fell apart. Like they got, they actually got through doors, but then you saw um, a a blade beat and nano misadventure. Yes, right. Like it almost. I you can I could forgive the nano. I could forgive the nano, but the use of the beat made no sense, and that. That completely shifted alt economy towards the justice. Worst part about this, you've gotten through the door and it just closed on you. And now you have those Literally and figuratively. Yeah, it was just, it was, it was tough to watch. Mm -hmm. And it almost, it almost gutted the defiant because it didn't seem to recover from this. Like, you know, we talk about the, the mental game and it was as if they were, they thought they, had, they were overconfident. Maybe they thought they had it in the bag and suddenly, oh my goodness, they don't. And the worst part about it, the justices are like, oh yeah, this is easy. And we saw this shift. Yeah. This takes us to circuit Royale where we got to see how ineffective Zarya happens to be on this map. <laughs> Lots of uh, teams are opting to play that off tank here. Like the yeah. Sigma Zarya. Interesting. Uh, interesting take. I was surprised Wait. with Sigma. I, I I don't agree with the use of Sigma in general. It just seems very counterintuitive to how the game should be played these days. Mm. And I 
don't necessarily think I was proven very wrong overall. Okay, so Maybe. what you, you're saying is the use of Sigma is exploitation of game mechanics, and therefore we should reset this. <laughs> I this think. Map. Yeah, I don't know. I think it has to do a little bit with the serpentine nature of, yeah. of the map. Maybe oh, we can just put a shield in here, and then the, our hit skin can do some work. I don't know. Well, but no, I mean, actually, the use of Sigma on the map has it to do with the verticality. Because if you think about it, if the, if it is, is the sniper map, which it mm. seemed to be, you need something to disrupt the the widow. For instance, right. when happy is very happy, <laughs> is no good for anyone. Yeah. Wow. The happy, like as scary as he was, and, and it looked like you know we remember happy. He he was always touted as that mm-hmm. widow specialist who can pop off, and that was certainly a great example of it. Mm-hmm. But man, oh man, that five k from the brig. Who <laughs> support? By the way, um, I think like they was on the call, and you said four k. I'm like, mm, let me go back a second, and it was actually a legit five k. She took care of the entire team with that rally. It was scary as hell. But uh, I mean, I don't know what more to say than the Toronto Defiant made bad decisions. Mm. The Washington Justice made very good ones, and you know, essentially, it ended because the Toronto Defiant didn't want to leave spawn. Like I think Happy was standing <laughs> up in the open by the door to the casino, sniping into it, yeah. and he was not worried. Like that was. That's, that's, that's again, this is this loss of confidence that the Toronto Defiant had on Ilios yeah. and mm-hmm. now are just being pushed around. Yeah, teams, it's hard to tell uh, what's going on uh, from this weekend on Overwatch to what, what teams are actually good, what are, what are better, what are worse. To me, it looks like a lot is, is just going because of, you know, uh, DPS momentum, maybe some people getting hotter some people getting colder uh it, it's strange how it works maybe maybe the players are as lost as we are and then when you click heads it feels good so you click some more when you don't it feels bad so you you don't <laughs> and i would be remiss if i don't mention hotball actually got subbed in oh, for yeah. this map yeah, for the like, czar, it, yeah. and i honestly think had muse been there we would have seen muse probably play an aggressive wins at least to dive um to mm-hmm. to harass the the back line of happy and um who was it that was on zen was it was it opener no opener was on the brig Brig. that was krillin okay yeah yeah i just the, the washington justice on their attack phase they had they had essentially a back line who had you know free reign mm-hmm. um and there was again i don't get the zarya like i actually don't know what value zarya gives you on this this type of map unless your opponent is, well, is bringing a brawler she 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 bubbles the rhine right <laughs> yes yes <laughs> totally so this takes us into new queen street and at the time i'm in defiant court i'm like hey everyone don't worry this is this is what needed to happen we knew that toronto needed to be the whole map able to play the toronto map yeah right so so don't worry it, it, it's all gonna go it, toronto's it, it way. worked very well for nyxl on, on midtown right that's true that's true <laughs> so we see muse get uh, swapped back in here on uh on uh, uh new queen street and tank and then um, Callius actually got brought out and we got to see mag again and in the early going the washington justice 
were able to capitalize on a few early picks and what looked to be a lack of coordination for the Defiant. Uh, Twilight was finding himself in a whole heap of trouble. Mm-hmm. He was missing pots. He was mm-hmm. uh, he wasn't providing the same value. And again, it was like five disparate players in mm-hmm. like QP. It felt like yeah, that's what pu- but, push sometimes falls to. Maybe yeah, yeah. But the the Toronto Defiant were finally able to settle down. If it wasn't for a robot need, that needs to take a rest and scratch its butt, it's possible that Toronto wins this. No, maybe. But <laughs> I, 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 that's just the thing. If you have to depend on winning a push map, you're not in a good spot. <laughs> True. No. Uh, but I, it, it never occurred to me how distinct that pause is when you capture a, a progressive oh, point. Yeah. That the robot pauses, stops, <laughs> yeah. scratches his butt, <laughs> and then proceeds to start pushing yeah. the, the um, what's who's it, the, again? The wall thing. The wall, the barrier, or whatever yeah. it is. Barricade. Barricade, thank you. Um, I, I, I don't know if Toronto actually wins if the robot doesn't stop <laughs> but that overtime push was something and you know the the scrappy fight that the the justice brought to to ultimately lock it down and, and capture the win i think it would be a um to do them a disservice not to suggest that they made sure that they didn't get to map five hmm. Hmm. but what does this mean washington justice beat the toronto defiant Many people in Defiant Court are losing their gourds. Um, <laughs> friends of the show over there at CA Overwatch were saying that the loss was brutal. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, it wasn't a good loss, but it's the first everything that we saw from the Toronto Defiant but, was correctable. But that's just the thing. Like, if you stop the weekend right there, right then and there, Houston map, Houston match doesn't happen. Uh, I'd say we come off of that particular day even happier about how Vancouver looks, right? And and I was I was going to mention that before. If Vancouver didn't have that second match, we most people would be a lot higher on Vancouver, right? So the same goes for Toronto. If they didn't have that second match, people would be like, okay, this is probably one of the worst teams out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's just how it is from the the, the knee jerky uh, uh, week one. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think I huge part of that is it's week one we saw so many different teams play so many different comps and yeah there was maybe some stability in in a few of the roles um and a few of the comps but the way that a lot of teams are playing them and working together is vastly different from team to team mm-hmm. well speaking of you know playing a vastly different uh, style going into that match that no one wants to talk about where the Vancouver Titans take on the London Spitfire. Uh, we got to see uh, my favorite character and the answer to all that is ever wrong with anything solution to all problems in the game. Reinhardt. Thank you. Howdy. Thank you for, I came out of this match thinking, how do you look decent on Reinhardt? And I had to kind of check myself and be like, Hmm, maybe it was just because Vancouver didn't look good. Yeah. he, He made it work. Exactly. And works so well that it looked like ridiculous. Yeah. And and just to say again, like generally before we go into the different maps, a lot of people, uh, myself included, had the feeling that Vancouver Boston was probably the best game 
up to that point. It was really entertaining, oh, yeah. really fun. And this was probably the crappiest see. one by far also. Yeah, the I think you're right. I, I wholeheartedly agree. You know, the Vancouver-Boston match was arguably the most exciting, yeah. uh, especially for a weekend of three overwatch in, in many cases. Yeah. Um, and then of course, Vancouver, not wanting to be left out, found a way to get into a three overwatch. So let's talk a little bit about this loss to the London Spitfire. Uh, so things get underway on, uh, on Oasis and I wouldn't say the Vancouver Titans looked horrible. Mm, yeah. Uh, it, it looked fine. University was the first map false. Came out on Doom, which was in- interesting. Uh, I think we didn't see him play that Doom as yeah, much before. And then we saw, again, another thing we, we did not see a lot. Echo um, mm-hmm. played as, as, as Psycho was playing on Psycho the Echo, Echo. and yeah. Aspire on the Genji, which was another weird thing. Like, oh, maybe this is why uh, uh, Aspire is actually playing more than Shockwave. They can actually like flex a little bit. Uh, but then R- London, I think, won a little bit in terms of girth <laughs> playing with the Mayan soldier and, and the Rhine. And then when just Backbone went to the Sombra to to harass False, who who uh, <laughs> who really was harassed, uh, it worked for for London. I, I was thinking, okay, maybe just London uh, uh, countered well here. And and then City Center started, and this is where. Well, it's it's not just an assumption. This is probably Vancouver's best map, and they <laughs> went back to like something more, you know, workable, like with a soldier and monkey. Yeah. Uh, London had Hadi on the Rhine, and this is the only time where he was like actually exploited for that. Yeah, and uh, that sounds like a jet <laughs> going across my house. And and first Titans, they 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 actually got the control after sixty six percent for for London. And then Aspire got that really nice position on the high ground, uh, and they were able to capitalize. Like, what do you know if you if you uh, play the good heroes, if you use them for what they're good at? Like, you know, Winston <laughs> for disruption, and then Soldier on the high ground, you might actually win. And and then <laughs> Gardens was mm, not a great map; it was very scrappy, but they. Gardens is probably the least open of of the three maps, and Hadi with with the girth, with the big hammer, <laughs> just took control. Well, this this comment was raised prior to the start of the season. How's False going to do? Considering he's you know traditionally an off tank, yeah. Um, you know there was some thought that there would be an additional tank brought in to provide flexibility. We spoke to Justin. Justin's like, no mm-hmm. man, False has really acquitted himself well. Mm-hmm really impressed us with his his ability to play uh, some of these traditional main tank roles. I'm wondering if they actually saw him play the main tank roles yeah. or if they saw that he played a main tank role that they were going to work with. Mm. I, I, the, the games that they had lost... False was the least of their problems. No, I'm yeah. not trying to. No, knock I'm, I'm, that. Sure, it's just I'm that. not like uh, trying to come out here and defend him. But I, I just feel like he did well, and as he, much as he could with what exactly. he had. Exactly, and he looked decent before he was countered on the Doomfist. Um, he looked fine and serviceable. Yeah, sure. He, he's not like your your. I don't know, like uh, a, a fury or, or 
yeah, <laughs> or whoever you're gonna have. But he looked fine. Um, yeah. Well, the reason I, I bring this up, and I'm not suggesting false was the issue. I don't think he was. But the difficulty that false had was that London was able to shut him down. Sure. More than the Vancouver Titans were able to shut down Hottie. I mean, throughout sure. this entire yeah. match, right? it was it was clear as day. Yeah. Now, why could the Vancouver Titans not shut down Hottie? I think it was more on the the Titans. Um, I didn't feel Massa had a good a good day. Yeah. I mean, again, tale of two two worlds. Mm-hmm. He was actually, I would say, one of the you know best players against the Uprising. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, throughout. Yes. And then off game and it, you know, as we get into this, like it just, we, we hear the teams focus on competition. It felt so much like the Vancouver Titans had absolutely no idea what to expect yeah. from the London Spitfire. The London Spitfire brought a whole lot of, well, this is different. Yeah. And the Titans are like, I don't know how to deal with different. We had those instances, uh, last year and the years before, whenever a team had to face like two, uh, matches in the same weekend, they'd, usually prepare better for one yeah. of the teams normally it's the more that the team you expect to be a tougher competitor yeah maybe that's what happened here because oh king's row that was blah. <laughs> oh you describe it so so elegantly yeah let's let's just start talking about it and, and tear that band-aid off like first of all is shockwave aka our player with the 100 percent win rate aka our best player on sick leave that's what I was thinking because at least from judging from the Boston match, I thought like, okay, let's let's you know spin the things a little bit. But then we see Aspire again, and Aspire, yeah. holy hell, he was playing mystery heroes on that attack. We <laughs> saw the first uh, 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 Sojourn. Why? Like, and it lasted all of what thirty seconds, I think. Of course, because then he tried the Genji. Yeah, uh, the Hanzo. Sorry, the Hanzo. <laughs> yes. And and like, what's going on? Like. Even 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 if so, uh, Sojourn is is like you, you are able to click heads, you're a pro. Of course, he can click head, but you're going up against you know Soldier seventy six, who has you know the, the alt advantage. You have so many yeah. things going for you. Why do you do that? And it takes them like the entire time bank to cap uh, one, the the first point. And like I, I I'm not really <laughs> sure. This is where I was like, you know, raising my hands and like. You know that gif of, of I think it's um, Seinfeld, right? Where he just like gets up, gets from up, his yeah, speech, yeah, yeah. George gets walks up and walks away. away. That, yeah. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how I, I felt there. Like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? Like, this is such a blatant throw. If I if I was paired up with this team in in uh, <laughs> Rolk, I'd be like, okay, block, block, block. this is this is not winnable. <laughs> Avoid, avoid his teammate, avoid his <laughs> exactly. teammate, avoid his teammate. Just this guy yeah. playing playing Sojourn. What the hell? Yeah, or you'd be at that point. Hey, guys, I, I don't have any more spots for avoid his teammate. Can you avoid me? <laughs> exactly. Oh, I, so I, I don't have an answer to the shockwave on sick leave because he obviously was well enough to come in in desperation. Yeah, and, that's when they uh, were deflated completely already. So I don't right? think it mattered. But I think. <sighs> there's a part of me that wonders because London's bringing something that we haven't really seen from anyone all weekend long. Right. And I, I, it's like the Titans maybe didn't understand how to deal with it and started to try to deal with it on their own. Like maybe it was some freelancing. 
And maybe, maybe this is the point that someone would suggest is why Chris is wrong when they should adapt because look what happens when they try to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I almost felt like, I don't know. Like I, I look at this roster pound for pound and I think, although there are areas where maybe London and Vancouver are equivalent, I think Vancouver has more better parts overall than London. Yeah. I mean, I, I could look simply at the back line and, and Masa. I, I think he's a better support than, than what we see on London side. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you disrespect Admiral London, you know, <laughs> but it, it just very much struck me as like, especially compared to the Boston match, because the Boston match, you know, you, 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 I don't know, click one more head and, maybe it goes three, two in favor of Vancouver or you don't see nine and it goes, and it definitely goes three, two in favor of Vancouver. Yeah. This match was like, I don't want to insinuate that they were drunk. Like you said, but it literally was like, what is happening here? How is it's uh, strange, especially because of that Boston match. Yeah. If I was one of those, why, yeah. If I was one of those, you know, low life, uh, uh, journalists who, who profit <laughs> off of dumb, clickbait titles you know the, the types of like saying oh overwatch 2 has failed and stuff yeah. like that it's it's garbage i'd be like oh there you go you see the the, the coaching <laughs> they did not change the coaching that's exactly why things go like this and that and and maybe it would have been a valid point if we did not see that team actually perform better mm-hmm. and and yeah. not do all of these mistakes like if the titans from the boston match faced this titans it yeah. would like stomp them <laughs> really yeah. quickly. Yeah. So maybe it's just the lack of preparation for that second match. Uh, yeah. I, I wonder if maybe, maybe it was shot calling. Maybe, I don't know. Someone stepped up as the leader in the first match. And in this one, they just weren't taking control. Like I, I really, it was a head scratcher. Like why was this one so much worse it, than the Boston? Sometimes, match? Sometimes, sometimes you just have a bad game. Sure. Who knows? Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be one of those clickbaity journalists here and go back to something that Justin had said last show. I'd asked him, Hey, are the, uh, the guys getting out and seeing the sites in Vancouver? Oh, yes. And his response is they've been going to the clubs. <laughs> oh, now I referred to something called the Roxy flu, which you, if you happen not to follow Vancouver Canucks hockey lore, there's a nightclub called the Roxy that is extremely well known in professional sports circuits. When you come to Vancouver, you go to the Roxy and there have been many times where players have found that when they have to play the day after a trip to the Roxy, they're maybe not bringing their a game. They're a little bit uh, rough under the collar. Hence the Roxy. (laughs) Really? I've been there a couple of times. I never knew that there, it was a thing. Yeah. So, eh, I mean, I don't know what club these kids are going to. (laughs) No, I mean, uh, it, who knows? It's just, you're right. It is, it is completely crazy how we saw, wow, this team's pretty good to, yeah. yep, same old, same old. Yeah, I, we saw, like, sh- let's just mention, I know we're already past that this like game, but, like, at least we saw Shockwave and Aspire play together. I feel like yeah. at that point their mental was broken, but we did see, you know, the Widow Shockwave, and I, 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 we saw something that we might see again in the future, Whenever they have to play the Echo Doom compositions of of a Soldier Tracer, which uh, mm-hmm. 
might work and and from from these particular players obviously not in this particular match because they were boomed <laughs> to 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 london and and back so not even you know london ontario but all the way to across <laughs> the atlantic that was uh kind of bad yeah. but what a game for london right they they probably felt good about yeah, themselves yeah. This one. yeah they dropped the you've just been you've just lost to london spitfire 3-0 meme oh yeah Twitter. that, that, was... that gif with the dancing was with the with the um, chad that was pretty good i like that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah uh but uh moving right along thankfully the toronto defiant knew that we as a show needed to pick me up and boy Boy, did they go and give it to us. So the Toronto Defiant were taking on the Houston Outlaws. And again, after the Defiant loss to the Justice, people are like, the sky is falling. We're going to get boomed by the Outlaws because the Outlaws with Don Tank are invincible, yeah. having just beat the you know Dallas. The, they, they stomped them 3-0, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. There is no answer to the Don Tank. But what apparently has been discovered is that when you can uh, essentially take the doom fist out of the picture, Dante doesn't have a plan B when it comes to his tank repertoire. Yeah. yeah. And before and, we go, you know, like, just sorry, one one point I, I, I'd like to make about how interesting and dynamic the live events are. Maybe we should talk about it uh, when we get to the... Well, yeah, I was it has say, more to do, do with Houston than, than if around. So let's let's yeah. keep that point now for later. Um, so uh, things get underway on Lee Jung tower and lo and behold, the Toronto defiant, uh, come out and they come out strong. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it, this, this is where, you know, maybe it's that they prepared for the Houston outlaws. Maybe they had rediscovered that, Hey, we, we have this thing called swagger and boy, we know how to put it to use when we are confident in our, our play. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't explain why they looked you know, so different, but despite losing that first round, the Toronto defiant were showing that they could go toe to toe with the outlaws and they turned things around very quickly. Yeah. I, I guess Pelican really committed to the uh, echo at that time was the turning point, at least for Lee Jang tower at the start, they did like a little bit of a reaper echo that worked a little bit better for, uh, control center for the start but outlaws won that game of, of that uh you know rock paper scissors but then the tracer counter came in and that's yeah. uh what i already mentioned before it it works well against mm-hmm. an echo especially when you consider she's not really paired with a Mer- mercy as much and mm-hmm. tracer soldier is basically your best option against you know an echo and it worked well um well and we're seeing a lot of tracer play as a counter to doom fist that too yeah in, in the game right like like the ability for doom to to get the insta give on on tracer is near impossible at the pro side right and you know once dante was neutralized actually i would argue the moment toronto figured out how to neutralize dante yeah. the match was won it, the only reason that the the houston outlaws were to actually make this one go as it did was when Dante was, you know, in full capacity carrying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Toronto played a much better game in this one, and it was partially because of that adaptation, partially, partially because they identified who needed to be shut down, and they did. Um, but, I mean, all around, I think Toronto was playing a better game, like it, much more equivalent to the first map that we saw um, in the previous game, uh, you know, 
Chorong and Twilight were were on point almost the whole time. Muse looked so much better in this match than he did in the previous one. Um, I actually in 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 the previous one. I mean, I yes, I knew he played, but I couldn't really tell you any standout moments or or standout plays he made. Whereas in this match, I thought he was the standout player in a lot of instances. He was driving the play. He was playing a lot more, um, not, not quite to the extent, but a lot more aggressively, a lot more like a bumper, which we know that Twilight is a fan of. Well, maybe well, not a fan of, but has played with before, right? Um, and I thought they he really knows how benefited to, from that aggression. Yeah, he knows how to fuel up that yeah, tank. Exactly. Well, uh, the uh, outside of the fact that, that. Uh, it's been nerfed in, uh, in the beta, but I was actually going to say Muse played Monkey, mm-hmm. Like monkey was Reinhardt. And I'm, I'm (laughs) so happy we're seeing this much monkey Monkey is probably one of my favorite characters to watch when he's played well, like muse was, Oh, it's a mm, chef's kiss. Well, but the, not only that, the secondary muse was like, you had, you had him dive, you had him brawl and you had him snipe. Just right. Like, and he, like he would, he would dive in and I think it was on, I think it was on queen street. Um, where he would essentially just set up shop and it's like pop, pop, pop as, as they're scurrying away to try to reset pop with his secondary. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to dive on you again. And the stagger we saw yeah. was so significant. Um, or using like he used his, his primal rage, um, quite effectively, yeah. uh, to, to, to stall, but then to escape so that he didn't have like, he didn't stagger himself. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, he, he was seeing plays before they were even happening. Yeah. I was, I was very pleased with this muse. And, and I think, uh, uh, I was listening to something and I think they were saying that, uh, Dipe, who coached muse last season on the Los Angeles gladiators was basically saying like, we didn't really get to see the muse that, that they thought they had kind of thing for whatever reason, mm-hmm. his play style just wasn't jiving with, the gladiators last season. So he didn't yeah. see as much, uh, as much playtime and things like that. Whereas this was much more the muse that I think was expected to come into the league last season, because he was very highly touted when he, uh, came right. in to the gladiators last season. So the, you know, I, I, we've, we've sort of fast forwarded here because, you know, Toronto defiant won the first map and we're sort of proclaiming, Oh yeah, <laughs> it's all theirs, but it actually didn't go that way. Um, Kings row, uh, we saw the power of Dante where, mm-hmm. where you would like on the first point where on the Toronto attack, you thought that they were going to cap Dante simply retreats or he comes and dives in is able to power up his supercharge and then proceed to use it to delete cool. a defiant character. Like there were, I want to say two or three fights that in the old world, Toronto caps the point and the play is not to, to delay it's to set up your, your uh defense just around the corner sure and toronto had to spend every second it had getting that payload to move yeah whereas for for houston it never stopped it yeah it it was just you know yeah the toronto defiant were able to go and and get this to 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 overtime to the time bank uh, or two time yeah but like the the they was it the difference was I think Houston had like two mi- two more minutes. Yeah, I think they they had like three and something, and, and Toronto had only two. And even though they did get like the point again on overtime, Boston just 
Uh, yeah, sorry, Houston just had more time and they they won that one out. Mm-hmm. But it, it was just again, Dante had found his groove as Doom, and he had like the 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 supercharge was what the Toronto Defiant couldn't deal with. I think they grew smarter to that. They knew to to not engage. <laughs> engage and empower they just let him walk yeah. um whereas before they were trying to delete him and if you you're not successful in dropping that doom as he's he's charging up and he gets yeah. out that next punch is is going to delete delete any character and gibraltar i mean toronto looked good at the start mm-hmm. they did uh they started on defense well oh yeah sorry. yeah before that one play that we, we need to talk yeah, about yeah. Um, I feel like here they focus down Pelican's Echo again. And when you see him switch off to the Genji, they forced him off. Uh, Mm -hmm. You kind of lose your mojo as a DPS. When you are forced to adapt and to to come off of that hero that you're most comfortable on and Mm -hmm. and definitely look like Pelican was on the game plan, uh, you know, ready to play the Echo throughout the game, uh, it didn't work. And, and, and they just like stopped them under the shuttle, uh, Trong on the brig, uh, which is a rare sight. I think we didn't really see him that much on, on the brig, uh, so that he can can uh, really use that mace uh, to the face character pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then at uh, the moment <laughs> we need to discuss, I it, yes. uh, let let me bring up your point uh, from before where Twilight sleeps that diva like Toronto. I really like them, even from from the small sample size that we've gotten. So far in the league, they have like so much swagger with some of those plays that they do that we, we didn't get uh, last year. Mm-hmm. That hog bash <laughs> from, from the spawn. Oh. Well, like just to see people first on Twitter, in Defiant Court, yeah. in Titans Court, and Uprising Court, everywhere. Uh, the broadcast team. Like, cause, okay, we see teams, you know, pick whoever, and then like a second or two, they swap to their, the character mm-hmm. they're running out the doors on. The doors are opening and you've got a Muse hog and who is it that was actually on Bastion? Was it Finale? Maybe. I I don't remember. And I, I was so, I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, the running hog Bastion. What kind of comp is this? <laughs> and, you know, hook, delete. And, hey, yeah. we've got our early pick. <laughs> Go and back Dante in, swap. was probably so shocked by because you know Doom can do just the thing with, with his arm and he, he didn't even expect it. And that's about sending a message. I wouldn't say that's what like uh, gets you uh, the tactical adventure, but just like going from spawn like this. That's a that's a hey guys, watch oh. this. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it set the Toronto Defiant up to get that yes. payload right under the overpass. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then. I guess they needed them to retreat to spawn to try this again because like once Houston was able to go in and and essentially stop the progress. Yeah, Merit that's, that's, Merit really stepped up there. Mm-hmm. Right. The Toronto Defiant just could not find an answer to like every time they would engage, they would be down five before. Yeah. Like it it's it seemed in every single fight the first pick um was against the Toronto Defiant. Mm-hmm. And once it, it just it com- their their progress completely stalled out, and I don't know if it was the shock of the the hog bastion or whatever it was, but you know, so here you know if we go back to to Li Jiang, 
oh, well, this is going the way everyone expected it to go. The Toronto Defiant are going to lose to the Houston Outlaws. So here comes Queen Street. And at this point in time, uh, Dante just didn't exist. Yeah. I think Dante was dead probably more than anyone else in this. This map. was probably Tracer. his worst map yeah. for sure. Tracer soldier again. Yeah. Yeah. The, we, this is where I feel like Muse and twilight just had yes. some solid synergy. Yeah. This, um, this is Muse was what just, I had in mind when I was especially talking about that aggression. Right. Yeah. And it and it was just no contest. And also, like the nature of the map, you know how how these push. Well, especially this one was just going because it was Toronto playing zigzag. in Toronto. There, also that, but you have all those different flank routes, yeah. and and the tracer is just such a big harasser. Yeah, and I think like Toronto didn't feel, you know, as they were more disciplined with their alt usage. I'd say, mm-hmm. and they just like played smarter in this map. They, well, yeah. The thing that actually speaking is playing smarter and it never occurred to me when you have the progress, the such significant progress with the, the barricade as you do Toronto was often the, the moment there's like, Oh man, we'll just give you all the robot walking space. We don't really care about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Cause we're going to stop yeah. you before he gets to the barricade. And that's all they that's continue just the to thing, do. Cause you know, it doesn't matter how much the, the robot walks. It's just a barricade. And if you have so much time to like yeah. recuperate and, and come back and yeah, it's a, yeah. and then the difference here is that when Houston would lose that fight, it was a full reset from spawn. And what was Toronto doing? Uh, they were leaving, you know, one person on, on payload and everyone else was like, okay, cool. We're going to engage close to yeah, your spawn cool. because again, for them, if it's a reset, that's okay. We'll come and stop the robot again. Like Toronto was just dominant on Queen Street. Yeah. And that takes us into Ilios, where uh, a friend of mine from one of the uh, gaming communities I'm uh, a member of, uh, he goes by Auth. He messages me. Yeah. So uh, Toronto's got this in the bag. Houston won't win <laughs> uh, to or control. I was going to say two CP, but <laughs> hmm. won't win control. Do you know what the Houston Outlaws percentage of performance so how many wins they have on uh, control mm, i guess it's very low from your build up to it 34 percent. that's that's not good no no not <laughs> at all now i mean it's not like it, it would be like saying oh what are the vancouver titans uh, <laughs> on anything the, right no, no that's a team a, with a decent a, record otherwise right mm-hmm yeah, like I mean, there's 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 a Titans performance that occurred over the course of one season. We're kind equally of bad on all map types, <laughs> but it, it, I think the Outlaws at this point were boomed. Yeah. And Toronto, they they understood that they knew what their role was here, and yeah. they essentially gave the the Outlaws zero quarter. Oh, it it does look good. It does strike me again. Similar to what we talked about with London, Vancouver, it strikes me as, you know, maybe you prepare for one team and you don't so much worry about the other and the other comes out and surprises you. I also maybe. think it is in large part Toronto having a chance to see how Houston played against Dallas. You know, they had that direct match to literally review and say, what can we do to counter this? Have And, and luckily, luckily for us, they had a strategy, right? Um, Oh, yeah, just delete the Dante. Well, but that's exactly it. If they didn't know how to do that, if they, you know, they may have identified, okay, Dante is the the prime target here, but how do we get rid of him? If they didn't have someone who could play Tracer as effectively or um, 
you know, something like that, then maybe they don't come out on top, but it was, it was dominant. Right. And I almost think that it maybe potentially does not bode well for Houston's future. Um, given Dante is quote unquote, officially a, uh, DPS player. And the only other tank that they have currently is Piggy, who had a reputation as being kind of a Sigma one trick last season. Mm-hmm. So maybe yep. stuff. Go ahead. They bring Piggy in from for Circuit Royale. Did they? No, oh. no, I've seen right. bring because him in for Circuit on. Royale. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, maybe it's also part of a longer con, you know. You you play like Ooh. crap in your first game, so it's hard to harder to prepare against you. First weekend every <laughs> team <laughs> through a single match. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I feel like it's a good point to to bring the point that I wanted to uh, talk about before. Mm. I think people underestimate how much uh, energy live crowd gives to players. Like yeah. why don't you think that people might Click heads better with a crowd that cheers on you. I mean, we we know we've known for years now, for decades, that it actually makes people uh, shoot the basket better or or hit the puck better, whatever sports you're coming from. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't it be the case in, in esports uh, as well? So just mm-hmm. another thing, a thing to consider. And what a great event that was! Also, I need to mention it's hey, so cool to see. Dude, again. dude, dude, the fray. We'll get there. Sure. Just you know, use editing and and copy what I said here and play it back over uh, there. Yeah, so, got it. Got it's your got job. It. Like I don't need to be bothered with. I don't even know what 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 the, this fray you speak of is. <laughs> so we wrap up the weekend where the Vancouver Titans are zero and two, the Toronto Defiant are one and one, and going into this weekend's action, uh, we're going to see the Toronto Defiant play only once. We're going to see the Vancouver Titans play twice. So the uh, Vancouver Titans are going to get underway on Friday where they take on the Florida Mayhem. It's 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. And if I only got to watch that Boston match, I'm going to give this one to Vancouver. But I got to see some of that London match, and I'm going to say the Mayhem have their way. Yeah. Like, I I just, I I don't know how the Titans... Well... And maybe maybe it is a long con. I hope they prove me wrong. <laughs> the, but I just don't have any confidence here. The bad news are that these two teams, the Titans, need to play against this week are harder than the two we, we faced yeah. maybe uh, the previous week, at least on average. But the good news are that maybe you cannot like underprepare for one of these teams, right? Right? Maybe that yeah, true <laughs> will work in true. their favor. Yeah. Um, what do you guys have this one at? Let me check. I, I just want to. I don't want to contradict my. Oh, my pickems are at three one to mayhem. Yeah, me as well. Yep. Mm, same. I didn't. I didn't go off board here. And what about New York? Well, that's okay. So that's then the uh, the next match for the Vancouver Titans when they take on the New York Excelsior. This one happening to be on. Oh, look at that in the rundown. I didn't go and put it. It in is the on Saturday, May fourteenth. Uh, there we go. Three p.m. Pacific, six p.m. Eastern. So this one, I have it as 3-2 for New York. Ooh. I have it 3-2 for Vancouver. Ooh. Ooh. I've got hope. I have it 3-0 for New York. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I, Damn. I mean, it's difficult because with perspective, I'm, I want to be like, it's the second week. It's the second week. We can't be jumping to the conclusion that Vancouver is totally out of it. You know, they're not coming back from this. They're done. But at the same time, every time I think like that, I'm just so wrong. 
that I'm just following my gut and I'm, do you think anyone out there had it three Oh for the spitfire? Legitimately? No, I don't think I would be shocked if anyone said they would three Oh them. At least I think most people would have given them one, especially after that performance against yeah. Boston. Yeah. No, but pick up, I mean, pick pick you, you probably, I mean, well, maybe you, maybe you, maybe you did wait until, so you yeah. saw the boss match. Oh, okay. Here, I'm going to make, maybe yeah. you did that, but no, like for you to say three Oh for the Excelsior here, like even with that London match, it's like you ignored what happened against Boston. You're right. It is like that. And <laughs> I don't yeah, know. And Excelsior. Uh, Jordan, Jordan hates Vancouver. Excelsior didn't really show that they're like a very good team. Although they did play against the gladiators in rain. So yeah. London Spitfire Grand Final Champions, I guess. That's true. That's true. They still oh, have gesture it. and profit, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the last match of the weekend they're going to pay attention to is on Sunday, May 15th. And the Toronto Defiant are taking on the Paris Eternal. It's 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, what do you guys have this going? I have a 3-1 for Toronto. Same. I have a 3-2 for Toronto. Okay. I, I How many think... points do you have so far, by the way, guys? Oh, or oh, sorry, okay, sorry. Let's talk about it. In, in no, this, no, right? you brought it up. I'm at 19 points. 19? No way. Me too. Me as well. <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh wow! So you know I mean, what the cool as, as uh, horrible as our our picks. Let's were. check if if also we have the same similarity in another factor. Like all of my games outside, of course, of the fuel and 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 Dallas, all my red spots are on the Vancouver and 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 Defiant games uh yeah actually you see pretty much correct <laughs> we can uh, predict the other the... teams yeah. but the, definitely worse our views are skewed about our our own teams in a way. i mean oh, i yes. got the florida I was gonna say, outlaws screwed me over <laughs> outlaws screwed me over like they screwed me over twice mm-hmm. with but that's a good thing the toronto defiant beat the outlaws so i won't be upset about that true um and then I didn't give the mayhem any credit. I actually got the score on the Houston Toronto game right. I just realized well, that <laughs> I gave Toronto the benefit. Yeah, because you you went three two yeah, the other way, and, and I got that one right. <laughs> but yeah, no, you you're totally right. Um, the only ones I got wrong outside of that were Atlanta, Florida, um, and then the Dallas Houston upset. So or Houston Dallas. Upset. Yeah, I I I like you though. Um, I, I missed to pick the teams from each region to advance to the finals, so I'm going to lose on those points regardless uh, of what happens. I don't know what happened. Yeah. It's it's kind of annoying that they lock that in right away. I'm like, yeah, I feel at like, least give us until the second week. Come I on. feel like I, I the moment I saw it for the first time, it was already grayed out, and I just assumed it was going to open at one point, and it never did. So I'm like, what? And I was checking this page like multiple times before that, so See, it's odd. Mine actually, it's it, no leader private leaderboards yet either. It's it's true. a beta, okay? Yeah. It's a it's a beta for the beta. I'll catch up. I'll catch up. <laughs> um, a few other things to note before we get into the fray. Uh, the Toronto Defiant officially released their Cyber Collection collaboration with Hacks. So you might have heard us talking about uh, how a variety of different content creators, including the broadcast team and what have you, were all getting these uh secret packages full of defiance we're all getting them um i stood out my outside my mailbox for like two weeks straight <laughs> and that canada post delivery person she didn't bring me one so mm. it must have gotten lost in the mail did you guys get one uh, for sure yeah well i just Jordan's i just didn't want to tell you about it do not you know upset you 
Is that is that a floppy disk? So this is because once upon a time I uh, retweeted a contest or something with the uh, Toronto Ultra, the Call of Duty oh, League yeah. team that uh, Overactive Media also owns, and I won a hoodie. And this was the tag on it. So, so for those who obviously can't see it, uh, it is uh, like a rubber replica of a old school three point five floppy yeah. disk. And it but, came on the hoodie, and it's a great coaster. But you know why it's bad though? It misses the best feature of those floppy disks. So the fact that you can that do the touch thing. metal to it and then it dies. <laughs> no, you can't play with with the thing. Oh, it's true. Yeah, you just it's like because it's it was spring loaded, yeah. right? <laughs> um, but uh, the Toronto Defy also did something really cool. They had a full on like uh, Overwatch loot crate. Uh, that they had filled up with loot and they were at different places in downtown Toronto and sharing pictures on social and you had to go there and mm-hmm. you get it. But like the full on overwatch loot crate um, was amazing. Oh. Like, I don't know if it was part of like an ultimate edition or wow. something like that. Um, or maybe they built it themselves. I don't know, but I thought it was pretty cool. Surprise mechanics. Um, my favorite. But, but yeah, I just want to make it very clear to anyone from the Toronto Definers listening. Um, if it was lost in the mail, I totally get it. You know? if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, Artemis is a big fan. I think she listens all the time. So we'll just shout her out and talk about how amazing she is. And next thing you know, we'll all be getting packages, right? Sweet. Cool. sweet. Uh, Vancouver Titans, they're partnering with Adamas Esports again. Um, before everyone yep. you know loses their gourd, <laughs> hearing us say that, so Adamus Esports, as we've explained many, many times, is like the service provider and the facility is to which they had operated in and the Vancouver Titans had previously put to use prior to the Reckoning, which was the 40th Center. Um, they're, they're like, yes, related in so much of, you know, there might be a familial connection between Adamus and what was formerly the 40th Center. Uh, but Adamus is, again, service provider. They, they provide... Um, health related, um, um, uh, like physicians, optometrists, um, services. And I, I am fully on board with teams engaging providers like this to help the, the mental side and the well-being of, of their players. Um, I think Houston actually had partnered with Adamus was it a season or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, apparently Adamus had been working with the Titans, maybe not last year, but I know for certainly the year before with a reckoning um, and they've just announced the, the partnership again. Yeah. Cool. Anyhow, um, it's time to uh, take a quick break here and get into that uh, segment of the show that Omni has been wanting to talk about uh, all episode long. <laughs> So kicking off the fray, let's go through the results of this uh, past weekend. So as we'd uh, mentioned, the season got underway on Thursday, May 5th, when the Los Angeles Gladiators beat the New York Excelsior 3-0. The Paris Eternal lost uh, to the San Francisco Shock. Or 3-1, sorry. I was already onto the San Francisco Shock 3 overwatching the Paris Eternal. The Atlanta Rain beat the Florida Mayhem 3-1, the San Francisco Shock, and then 3 overwatched the London Spitfire. 
The Boston Uprising, as we already know, beat the Vancouver Titans 3-2. The Houston Outlaws beat the Dallas Fuel 3-0. And this is the match that Omni really, 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 really wants to talk about. Uh, this is where you copy what I said before and, and just paste it. I'm not going <laughs> to... I, I loved hearing the crowd noise. I yeah, loved it was awesome. the production. Awesome. Um, like, I mean, I understand that in the, the current state of the world, we're not quite in a position where this could be happening all of the time, but it just feels right. Hey, I mean, at least someone was able to, to, to watch a game in crisp quality. Uh, <laughs> we're at the, <laughs> do we bring this up now well, or let's just finish? This? No, no, let's, 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 let's we'll finish this. Um, and I just want to point out, like, I was talking to a, a buddy of mine, um, who's like, oh yeah, so is it, it must be in Dallas again. I'm like, no, it's in San Antonio. Why is it in San Antonio? I'm like, because they needed a neutral ground between Houston and Dallas. Oh, really? They didn't get murdered. <laughs> they, um, well, I'm not going that far. But. They actually talked. I, I simply mean because of the rivalry. I don't mean to say anything about oh. one city or another. I know little about Texas other than it's, you know, the equivalent of Alberta down there. Um, it felt way more uh, Houston, though. It did. Right. And I think that's well, because it was put on I mean, by Houston. Like they were the official yeah, host yeah, yeah. of it. Okay. Um, and Houston is geographically closer to San Antonio than Dallas happens to be. Mm. Um, so they talked about it a little bit on plat chat today and they kind of made some really good points that. So I think what they said was it's about three hours away from, I guess, Houston, whichever one they're closer to. And they were kind of saying that, you know, this just proves that in certain markets, like you can do these live events and they don't have to be these, huge massive things they don't have to be selling out the primary stadium in the town um yeah. i guess the place it was I don't at know any outside of the grand finals that sell out the primary well, stadium in the town but the point they were making was the venue and everything was pretty significantly smaller than where yeah. um either houston or dallas have hosted before and yeah. it was great the atmosphere was there you know butts were in seats um and it was apparently just a blast, um, you know, a yeah. vast none of on, which on the thing, and he was talking about it. None of it which uh, seemed seemed like uh, paid actors, but so props true to them, true. But uh, they were making the point that you know, why don't teams do this? And and hopefully the league take takes note and realizes yeah. that it doesn't have to be, you know, I mean, in Calgary we're we're hosting this at the Saddle Dome. <laughs> which isn't going to happen ever. Well, it could be a I don't, smaller I don't, venue. It could be something smaller. You bring in someone who's in the same region as you. And yes, there's going to be costs, but you can make it work on a smaller scale. So which of Toronto or Vancouver are going to have their match in Calgary? Because it's not three <laughs> hours away in either well, direction. That's, that's not, that's just the only stadium that I know well. So the gaming stadium <laughs> in Richmond. Oh, oh gosh. We a, We'd have uh, 40 people there. It'd be cool. A cup um, of water. No, the, so I, like, I'm going to say, I think some teams do get that. Like, I think the Toronto Defiant, um, with their approach to live events so far as we've seen with the ultra has been very intelligent. Let's go and find an, a venue. We know we can put a, a good crowd mm -hmm. in because that's, that's, what's most important. And, you know, there are some that suggest that prior to the pandemic, like we know the Vancouver Titans, were going to be playing in Rogers yeah. arena and considering the level of the promotions that they were utilizing to go in and, and offer tickets, they were likely going to have to paper the stadium just to make it look like they had a decent mm -hmm. crowd. I don't think 
full size stadium is yeah. the way to go. And just you know, section, so that, to that right. point, right. yeah, it's, you know, find something that's a little more intimate, um, that you can put a, a decent crowd in that you can utilize the space effectively and, and yeah. make it work. But uh, back to the results, the Washington Justice, as we already know, beat the Toronto Defiant 3-1, the Atlanta Reign, uh, three overwatch, the New York Excelsior, the Los Angeles Gladiators beat the Boston Uprising 3-1, the London Spitfire, three overwatch, the Vancouver Titans, aye, aye, aye. the Florida Mayhem, three, one, the Paris Eternal, the Dallas Fuel, three overwatch, the Washington Justice, which makes the four-way tie for uh, first place. Circle of suck. <laughs> and then the Toronto Defiant beat the Houston Outlaws 3-2, as we already know. Ah, so, uh, that broadcast, can someone explain to me what's changed between what we saw last year and what Mm -hmm. we're seeing now? Because I don't recall the significant, like people are like, oh, it's the, it's the game engine. (sighs) Well, (laughs) I don't understand how that could be the case, but I maybe don't know the technology well enough. I need to make something extremely clear. You know how that like first game that we went through and it was like completely yeah, unwatchable? Yeah. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I'm talking about the entire week looking like garbage. And 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 like even you you take the most like uh average streamer on Twitch playing Overwatch 2 or even on 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 YouTube, it's not a YouTube problem. The footage will be crisp and in it's kind of inexcusable and uh I was watching highlights today and you couldn't and it was like 1080p 60 fps that's what the player was uh, telling me the video player mm-hmm. but i couldn't even see uh some of the times or the percentages on the toronto side of the scoreboard because it was like dark red and then the, it was such a blurry mess it was inexcusable and well, it, someone also posted like a vod from the csgo majors and it was like 4k 60 fps and it looked wow. like that it's like so what are we doing here? I have a tiny grain of information on this. And again, coming from another podcast that I mentioned once already, what they actually said was, if you remember a while back, they announced that the league was going to be partnering with a production company that's actually based out of Toronto. So what they were saying was the feed actually went from wherever it was being filmed or, or played to Toronto and then back before being broadcast out. So they were saying that's probably has something to do with why it was so bad, but obviously that does not bode well for the future because they got to figure that out because first of all, they never had that problem in the past from what I can recall. And yeah, it's, it's just very much like they got to figure that out. Right. Only time it was this bad uh, was when they just transitioned to, to YouTube. And 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 then it got fixed. We had that true, yeah. awesome, like mwah, uh, quality. And I, I'm always talking about that. That's one of the things that really bothers me. I, not to like flex here, but I'm playing like Overwatch <laughs> at 240 FPS. But when I'm watching it on Twitch or like a good quality on 60 FPS, that's fine. But when it like yeah. plays, and even though the player says it's not even the the, the blurriness, but the the mm-hmm. the, the drop well, frames it, it, all the time. Drop it's frames, like awful. And I I see some comments and discourse. Look, it's fine for my no, it's not. Stop lying. I can see the vods. I can see the highlights back. The clips. They all have that crappy legginess and has nothing to do console with, yeah. with, console gamer over here. It's it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm just so I'm just the <laughs> the truck that they're using for the the. Uh, uh, casters mm-hmm. um is a dome productions truck i noticed that's that. dome company, productions for those that uh 
uh, may not be aware they they are the company that was behind almost all satellite distribution for big events back in the day i guess they still are but um a lot of it's gone to fiber now and so it's possible that that's what dome is using um, and dome it, when you said toronto oh okay so dome is doing yeah. it all i it it does need to be mm-hmm. remedied um and i think omni you're bang on they had a phenomenal product mm-hmm. last year the and this was yes virtual but it was phenomenal yeah. they can't backslide yeah. here they got one <laughs> one weekend to figure it's, it out they can't do it again what frustrates me is like i i just don't understand how many l's they can like pile up in front one and the other for us we're we're like we're slaves to to whatever blizzard is putting up we'll be there we'll suffer through it but <laughs> i saw so many comments like people are like all right i'll, I'll tune in right i want to see overwatch league for the very first, first time i want to see what play, like pros do uh in, in overwatch league and you you your first impression of this multi million dollar uh, uh league when you tune in to watch that big you know uh nyxl versus gladiators i was like a frame it's like a powerpoint slide what what what's going yeah. on well it it takes away from the phenomenal product that they're now putting in front of us yeah it's like when when things w- looked okay like it, to me like the broadcast never looked great i don't know if like it, yeah. yeah you're right the player said 60 fps but what was being injected to that was not well, imagine you but, tuning in i don't know to the freaking world cups or like the stanley cup or whatever nba i know the money is different i know that's not why it Mm -hmm. looked the way it looked right no well no and actually and this is again going back to last season you're right pandemic transition off of land yeah i you know you got to give them first time on youtube sure like you know there there are a lot of things at play here but they had it figured out like why why mess with the 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 secret sauce you know it, it if the overwatch league were coca-cola they decided they need a new version of it for yeah. some reason and guess what we all just want the coca-cola yeah. classics yeah. i remember that line they used like last year oh it's uh advertisements formats it's, that's bullcrap that's i'm well, sorry and and not to mention like people i think are sometimes inclined to give blizzard games in general some flack for not being the highest quality graphics and things like that. And Overwatch 2 is a freaking pretty game. When you like you were saying, yeah. when you watch these 4K streams of on Twitch and stuff like that, these this game Beautiful. looks really good. Um and I mean I've also also honestly always thought the same about World of Warcraft. It's very it's a, a different style, but they've actually made do very well with what they have. The aesthetics are are good. Well, yeah. yeah. And it's it it blows my mm. mind like when people think that <sighs> that's what it is because it's not this game looks really good like you say playing on uh 240 fps like that's gotta look impressive you know especially when anyhow you know it's very fast paced it's Mm -hmm. it's precision based twitch flick flick shots right all that stuff and you just in that one drop frame and you just missed yeah console gamer um (laughs) <laughs> Anyhow, not to to crap on the broadcast uh, all episode long. Our hope is it gets better because again, we want a phenomenal product. We've seen a phenomenal product. Just give us a phenomenal product. The other thing that came out of the weekend, though, is uh, the fact that if you go and do something that you're not supposed to, they make you do it all over again. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, the uh, 
the Florida Mayhem, it came out on, uh, was it Circuit Royale, I think was the yeah. map, um, with a uh, crazy May wall sim t- TP over the houses, roofs, whatever, into the back line and scared the living daylights out of Paris. <laughs> now, the Florida Mayhem in doing this uh, were found to have exploited game mechanics in a way that is not fair. And it was determined that the punishment will be to replay the attack. The problem is that instead of a pause happening then or soon after, they attacked, then we're told... No, 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 bad, bad cheaters do it over again. And then they proceeded to win the map anyway. But the, the thing about this is that one, I must be a, just an outright cheater because I use game mechanics like this all the time and I've never had a problem. (laughs) Um, two, how is it that there are so many in this scene that don't know this? And I was actually looking at the verbiage that was used. And I have no problem if they, they the, what they did, because the way it was explained is the May wall provided the flat yeah. service for the SIM TP to be put on. Otherwise, the SIM TP can't put on a slant roof. So you, you've, you've broken the game mechanics. And there are those that are out there, oh, fix your game. Well, the problem is if they were to add geometry there, that might prevent an actual valid uh, character, sure. like a fire going over or sure. whatever, right? Um, but the language that they used, um, and I think it was Sean Miller that had... Uh, had tweeted it out. Um, uh, no, it was actually Gunba who had actually shared it. Was that no exploits of known bugs are allowed? This includes roof surfing, Doomfist on Midtown, or any other known or unknown mm-hmm. exploits. So the unknown exploit part is what I think I wonder about because if, let's say, oh, hey, look who we can put up onto a mm-hmm. chandelier, it, right? Like, this has happened and that's not an exploit, but was that, was, was it, it happened intended, in that season or was that just created? <sighs> it happened play? to San Francisco again on, was it Oasis? Um, where, where they got someone up on an archway, um, and they just, mm-hmm. the whole team walks in, they just drop down. I think it was a reaper. Yeah. Maybe. Um, it's yeah. weird in, in many ways. Like you said, the the fact that they were actually playing the entire map yeah. all the way and they just didn't stop it there was weird to me. And like you said, like this, man, we saw many uh, uh, um, players use this on ladder, and like I don't see what's the difference here. Like, what what are you gonna ban next? Like the junkrat double mind jump that he does, or or I, I get it. Like if you saw like some player clip into the map geometry and you can't shoot him. Mm-hmm. Or you saw some example of that, like a widow hacking through the walls, and then that's an exploit. But putting a, a, a Symmetra like teleporter on the May wall, uh, I don't even see how, you know, like the moment they were up there, even before the teleporter was on, you saw the Zen uh, orbs hitting it already. So it's like, uh, what's the exploit? The, 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 the triple double ball boop sure that's that's a thing well apparently i think zavala had come out and said that they they hadn't raised this issue other teams had already spoken up is that apparently this had been attempted before and it must have occurred in scrims and it was determined to be a no-go and well i can't speak to this and i i'm for me i i agree it it's it's not a clear cut exploit 
Um, but if you've been told yeah, don't, don't do, do it, it and you still do it, eh, it you got was what's the coolest coming to you. play I think, of that entire match. Oh, I know. I, I'm, but that's the thing is no, like without knowing. Yeah. That, and like the players didn't like imagine like, a game of basketball and someone would just go without dribbling and, and the referees were like, you can't do that. And he's like, well, I didn't even know about, about this or, or <laughs> I've, I've watched NBA. Traveling is yeah, yeah, yeah. No I know. Calls. As long as you're just... saying I'm taking the rock to the house, okay? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. then it's or like uh, I don't know, kicking the fine. ball or or whatever. Like icing, icing exists, and and mm. the, the hockey players like, oh, what is that? Or like in 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 soccer, like oh, offside. I I never heard about that thing. Uh, yeah. True. 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 Uh, anyhow, I mean, it's, it's, I don't recall us ever seeing this in overwatch league action and I haven't followed the, the tier two Steen or I didn't watch apex prior to the watch league and that's so why I couldn't, I couldn't tell you if something like this has happened before. It's a, it's a good thing. They won the map, right? It's a good yeah. thing. They won the match too. You'd be, you'd be like, hearing a been lot so more. much worse. Yeah. yeah, totally. Anywho, uh, talking about the a weekend that is coming up, as we already know, the Vancouver Titans are taking on the Florida Maine to kick things off on Friday at 12 noon Pacific, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. That's followed by the San Francisco Shock taking on the Houston Outlaws and wrapping up Friday is the Atlanta Reign Washington Justice. London Spitfire take on the Boston Uprising on Saturday, the Dallas Fuel and Los Angeles Gladiators play. And as we already know, the Vancouver Titans then wrap up Saturday by taking on the New York Excelsior. On Sunday, the Houston Oilers get underway with Florida Mayhem. The San Francisco Shock take on the New York Excelsior. And on Sunday, as we already know, wrapping up the day is the Toronto Defiant and the Paris Eternal. Now, outside of the matches that we've already discussed, uh, are there any there that you are interested in well, watching? I see two. Uh, Outlaws and Shock and Glad's Fuel definitely stand out. Oh, yeah. Just oh, Boston there. versus London. That would be a... a, a... <laughs> one to watch out for like this this should be a, a very a big eye opener right about net. about vancouver regardless of what they do against florida i oh. I, I this weekend's tough like i actually want to be excited for vancouver florida um yeah because i think florida i mean vancouver Stands a chance. So okay, you want to be excited but for I the game that win. you've given Vancouver a map, but then you're like, yeah, they're going to lose to New York three. <laughs> I, I, I'm excited yeah. to see how many illegal plays uh, Florida can <laughs> conjure up this time. Man, I, I, well, they said on social, a thousand likes, they do it again. I, I would do that, like out of spite. Uh, yeah, no, I think for me, uh, San Fran, Houston, I think the LA Dallas match, um, as well, San Fran, Houston, I think has a chance to be a bit of a blowout in favor of San Francisco. They, well, San Francisco is looking good. I, I did not, uh, give them due uh, they diligence, are, but rankings. they also played some weaker teams this past season. Yes. Yes. They stomped them, but, but again, it comes, it almost comes back more to, uh, my concerns around Houston in this game. If they're trying to play a very rigid style like they did against Toronto with Dante on Doomfist, San Francisco has a good chance of being able to counter that pretty easily just with pure yeah. force. They they weren't tested yet. Yeah. Paris I, and London. Oh. Yeah. Well, I, I still say San Fran looked good. I do. Right. Oh, they did look good. Yeah, they, they didn't like look it, uh, bad by any means. No, for sure. sure. Um, we already got into Pickums because uh, Omni wanted to brag and then found out all three of us are tied at 19 <laughs> points. <laughs> um, there are no uh, leaderboards for us to invite you to yet. Hopefully they come. 
but if you haven't locked in your pickums, make sure you do so uh, before matches kick off each day. Now, what else is uh, going on in the Overwatch League? Well, a very cool gesture in my mind. The league has announced that the Rookie of the Year award has been renamed uh, in honor of Alarm, who um, passed away over the course of the the off season. Um, but yet, we were given that opportunity to see him win the award and and experience sort of the, the you know breadth of emotions and, and learning. So, um, there are things that the overwatch league doesn't do well. This is an area that I think they do do really well on. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a very heartwarming gesture. Of course, it's a, such a sad story. Like even uh, watching the, the stream, their announcement, it like, uh, it, it was painful. Like my heart goes out to the family. And I, I remember, uh, the mom's comments about how honored she is that he, you know, achieved what he was able to achieve and props to them. I, I guess this was also done uh, with, you know, talking to the family. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, I wish this never <laughs> would have been a thing, but as things stand right now, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's an awesome gesture. And, and this guy definitely uh, deserves this and, and much, much more. Uh, Cause like, you know, everyone who speaks about him just, there, there's never anything but you know stellar comments about what kind of a person and a teammate he was so it's very sad yeah agreed and as we sort of get into the <clears throat> end of the show uh, we talked about this last episode that there was a patch coming in the beta and uh i had suggested like is it going to come in time for the season to start but as we now know they will not be playing on any beta patch that we'll be playing on until the end of the stage which was what they had made very clear each sort of stage or tournament to sort of lead up is on the, whatever current patch it happens to be. So what is this patch getting us? Well, a, a number of different adjustments. So for instance, uh, ball no longer crashes <laughs> games. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably a big one to get fixed. And I mean, there are other bugs and things like that. Um, we've seen some adjustment in heroes. So like Sojourn, for instance, um, her um, uh, Railgun alt has been buffed and her power slide has equally been buffed with the reduction in the cooldown. Um, Soldier has been nerfed a little bit. And I think, you know, with the adjustments, maybe we'll see less of them when this patch goes live with the pros, but I don't know if it's significant enough because of the utility that legs gives you. Uh, Sombra has been nerfed a little bit. She's no longer as fast as she once was. Uh, Hog, uh, this one's kind of cool. So Hog's ability, or his ultimate, sorry, is now channeled and, or was channeled and is now uh, transformed ultimate. So what does that mean? Well, channeled was you pop it and it just happens. Like if you think about like Reaper, you just, you know, die, 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 unless he dies. <laughs> um, transform is where you actually have to go and engage. And so like soldier, you've got your alt timer clicking down and you can, you know, get as many, you know, bullets out before the timer runs down. So with whole hog, he has the ability to use it or choose not to. And in turn, use take a breather and take a breather, his alt time away or possibly a hook. And someone actually had talked about this. Could you imagine knocking someone away, hooking them, bringing them back and knocking Ooh. them back again? Like, like the abuse the that BM, you could use this BM for? Is, is, is just going to be glorious. And it can't be canceled through mm. a stun. Huh? So I, I actually, 
I kind of find this interesting. I don't necessarily know if this is going to transform Hog into anything more than a Toronto defiant uh, instigate <laughs> pick, <laughs> but uh, pretty neat. Uh, Winston, he's seen his uh, secondary uh, cost uh, go down for the fire cost, so gets to use them a little bit more frequently if he wants to. Uh, balls back in the game with a reduct or an increase in knockback, wow. so you can you know knock the pins around by almost a third Ooh. more. Uh, Zarya's uh, alt has been reduced by half a second. So uh, the duration of Graviton Surge is from four oh, to five. It always feels like an hour when you're in it. Yeah. <laughs> Lucio, uh, Lucio's uh, self-healing penalty has been increased from 30% to 60%. Because Lucio is immortal. <laughs> his, the passive healer ability and his own crossfade self-healing. Like, I, I, I'm i trying to think it was on, it might have been on Garden. And I'm just around the contesting and they can't do nothing to kill me. And we had it going because I just, again, kept Some regenerating. Some say your Lucio is still circling around that map. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Baptiste, his uh, healing ammo has been buffed by a couple extra shots. Um, I'll be honest. I find that I'm not reloading his, his, healing fire or his primary fire by running mm-hmm. out of it. Mm-hmm. I've, I don't think I, I don't think I ever want to run out. I'm always reloading every opportunity I got. Uh, Anna. So Anna's biotic rifle has been increased. She has more shots to, to use and her pot now duration is from four to three seconds, but she, the utility of getting that pot onto a team, negating healing and ultimately deleting at least one in a fight is just yeah. massive and how well it can swing. Uh, I'm going to skip over the next one because I think we'll end off on that one. Brigitte, uh, her shield bash is going to have a heck of a bump <laughs> because the knockback that's involved with it is doubled. I, don't um, I have yet to figure out how to use Brigitte in the current sense. I know she can within Rally and there are obviously much better players than me, but I'm not entirely sure the utility that she is providing outside of the ability to bounce someone into a well or <clears> out of line of sight or, or something like that. Like I... I, I don't have any issue with the stun being removed, but I kind of feel that it would be nice if I had still the ability to maybe sort of armor up someone, like give me a little utility back having taken yeah, the stun she's away. She's kind of an alt bot now. Yeah. Um, and then we'll we'll wrap up with Zenyatta, who I I, I jumped <laughs> over. So Zen, Zen needed a little love because in the world that it exists right now, Zen Zen was very, very squishy. So his base shields have been increased slightly from 150 to 175. So that gives Zen a little recoverability, the ability to last a little bit longer with a regenerable health. But it's the passive ability called Snapkick that's all the rage. Snapkick, um, which is essentially anytime Zen drops his melee, increases the damage by 50%. He kicks you and he kicks you with his heel this time. <laughs> and when he kicks you with his heel it actually knocks you back. And I saw a clip on, on red. I think it was on, was it on library where there, the Zen was up high and anytime someone came up the <laughs> stairs, he just gave them the boots. Like he, he, he knocked a, I think it was a brig off a hog off no. or something. It's like, boom, woo. like Zen's going to be so much. This fun. is why I still have hope for, this game like they have so many like ingenious ideas and this is one of the best adjustments that they could have done to like a character 
because this is it, it's like one simple solution that fits his mold like because he's the only character that kicks right as part of his melee attack already and that's the one uh, thing that he needed in terms of separation and given that little extra uh, thing I think I talked about it last time when we discussed like why heroes don't feel as engaging not just because they don't uh, some heroes not just because they they can't really uh, 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 you know pop up but they don't have that uh, uh, quick instant you know feel that you you made a play you mm -hmm. made something that might win you a fight and this is one of those things that like oh it's gonna feel so good and if you want to practice if you still if you have access to the beta I urge you to go to uh, the custom games and they call <laughs> this uh, this is Yara like this is Sparta where they just like put you on that you know workshop island thing. And you just get paired up with a lot of randos of, of Zenyatas just kicking each other because you can't do anything else. <laughs> and the goal is like to outkick your opponents off the map, and it's hilarious. And it takes a bit of a skill to, to get it right, the timing. It's 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 nice. They also boosted like the, the melee damage off of it, which is yeah. kind of cool. Well, yeah, that 50% increase, oh, like it's, you know the Zen now has the ability to not only yeah. be a sniper, but to be a melee hero. The right? only thing that they need to do, and, and like from the, you know, how, how, how unanimous, uh, that comment was on, on Reddit, they just need to add that little, the cherry on top of that thing would be to add this, uh, icon for, for the kick into the, the, <laughs> in the kill, kill feed. Kill feed. <laughs> and when you see that just foot, you, you know, you know what's up, right? <laughs> Instead of the, the hand that, that Zenyatta had. booted someone. Oh my goodness. Such a, such a great adjustment. I love it. I'm, I'm, yeah. I play a lot of Zenyatta, so I'm really happy about it. <clears throat> yeah. It, I just want to Zen now to get the, uh, come here yeah, or, or uh, hey, add him some lines, you know, how he's like passive aggressive yeah. in a way. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Oh, well, here we are at the end of another long show. Hey, like, um, I had told my like, wife that we'd be done in an oh, hour. Yeah, that's true. Like, he says, you know, embrace the iris. So, like, embrace my boots. Something like that. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> oh, but uh, it's been a fun time getting to talk about the Overwatch League again. The offseason was too oh. long. Um, I don't know if I can handle another off season. Was almost, but I hope I do for a season after. Almost that. as long as this episode. Yeah, but uh, you know, guys, as we do at every uh, every show, what uh, what final words of wisdom do you have for everyone? Um, to celebrate again the owl uh, coming back, I have another. It'll probably be my last owl fact. But not all owls hoot. Barn owls make hissing sounds. The eastern screech owl whinnies like a horse. And <laughs> saw-wet owls sound like, well, an old whetstone sharpening a saw. Hence the name. Hmm. Wow. The, mo the more you know. You know, people who get to this point of the episode, um, I honestly wonder if this is what they're tuning in for. Do they listen through everything? To get or, to this part, or this is where maybe the it's is. the other way. They download the episode, they skip everything, and they just come for the owl uh, facts, you know? Name of the episode there, Owl Facts. Yeah. <laughs> we are an owl podcast, right? So That's right. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, um, how about you? Just to touch on that for a sec, actually. Uh, when I build out One Man Watchpoint, I use a uh, website that kind of aggregates any owl news so it's easy for me to go through and there's always news stories that sneak in there that are about literal owls and it always makes me chuckle when i see that but 
Um, I'll just say, uh, I've got a little quote here. If things start happening, don't worry, don't stew, just go right along and you'll start happening too. Hmm. All right, let's hear it, Chris. So, you know how we were talking about, uh, Kikiata and, uh, how OP he has come. It reminded me of a conversation I had had with uh, my daughter, baby force a little bit uh, earlier uh, this week. And, and she had asked me, Hey daddy, can you put my shoes on? And I responded, no, uh, they're too small for my feet. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> but if you want to hear more of that, you need to tune into the episode each and every week by clicking subscribe to this podcast and any podcast player that you might happen to uh, use. We are in all of them. And if we don't happen to be in the one that you happen to have on your device, let us know and we'll make that uh, get fixed quick. How do you let us know? Join RSP discord, discord.io slash ready set or alternatively reach out to us on social media. We are at ready set everywhere except for TikTok because Jordan has yet to set it up for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to earn that uh, paycheck somehow. I keep cutting them up and because of all the transgressions that uh, you, uh, you uh, commit, but uh, yeah, we are at the end of a show. And as we always do, I am Chris at light Forest. That is Jordan at Sir Dr. Jam and on the at Omni strife. And by the way, catchphrase. Thank you.